Lord, we thank you for bringing us here today, God. And God, I ask that you would help us to see you more clearly. God, especially as we all go through things in life and there's adversity and trials and tribulations, Lord. But help us to have faith and trust in you. Help us to hold up that shield of faith to extinguish the flaming arrows of fear and doubt. And Lord, I pray that you would anoint your word as we come and seek you, Lord. Anoint it by your Holy Spirit. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. I read this story after going to church for the first time. A new Christian, this mother, asked her son what he had learned in Keiki Church. And the boy said that the teacher talked about faith. And he went on to share the stories that were told him about the parting of the Red Sea with Moses or, or David uh, or Daniel being saved from being eaten in the lion, by lions in the lion's den or Joshua and the army bringing down the walls of Jericho just by shouting. Then the mother asked him, so, so then what is faith? Well, the boy replied with this, I think it's believing in what you know ain't so. Well, sometimes it is hard to believe, especially when you cannot see how things work or how they work out. The early church father, Augustine, once said, What is faith? Uh, Or, yeah, what is faith? Unless it is to believe what you do not see. And I like that. For real faith is believing even when you can't see. When you can't see how things really are going to work out. Well, as we return to our study in the book of Hebrews, we begin this exciting chapter on faith. Now, most of this chapter is a list of those who have persevered by faith. And that's why Hebrews chapter 11 is sometimes called the Hall of Faith or the Heroes of Faith. But before all that, in the first few verses of chapter 11 here, we find the answer to the question, what is faith. And that's the title of our message this morning. What is faith? We're going to be studying Hebrews chapter 11 from verse 1 through 3 this morning. Just three, three verses here. And what we find here, and this is our outline, number one, the essence. Number two, the esteemed. And number three, the essential. So what is faith? Well, let's begin and see what the essence is. Number one, the essence. So Take a look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. It reads here, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now we begin here with the words, Now faith is, which is really a setup for us to find the biblical definition of what faith is. Now the writer goes on, right, giving the Jewish readers, remember Hebrews was written to Jewish believers and and Jewish readers, the writer gives the Jewish readers the essence of what faith is, thus our heading over this verse and in this this part we're looking at. Now, after encouraging the Jewish believers to persevere in chapter 10, what we studied all in there, the writer continues on here to define faith. Remember the Jewish believers were pressured and persecuted to leave Jesus. Go back to the old Jewish ways and rituals. Go back to doing the sacrifices in temple. And, and they, were, they were being pressured in that way. 
Some in the church who really didn't believe, we saw last time, they were already pulling away from Jesus. Remember, that was part of our title, the predicament of pulling away from Jesus last week. But the writer said in chapter 10, hey, that's not what you guys are. You're saved, you're believers, so continue to endure and keep the faith. That's what we saw last time, our last point in chapter 10. And he was saying, basically, believers keep believing. Yeah. We're not like those who, who have departed or left, left Jesus here. No, we're believers, and so we're going to stick it through. And how do we do that? We do that by faith. So as we cross into chapter 11 now, the writer will give examples of those in the Old Testament, those saints who kept the faith, who endured the hard times through adversity. They kept that faith, and they saw God move in their lives. So, Before he does that, though, in the first three verses, we see the essence of faith. Now, what we see here in verse 1, take a look again, really is two aspects of what faith is. And they're closely linked together. And and we're going to see two things here. An unshakable confidence and an unshakable conviction. So, first of all, you could say, A, faith is an unshakable confidence. For verse 1 says this. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now, the original word, the Greek word substance, it means, it, it, it's a hupotasis, tasis, and it literally means to stand under, to support. So it speaks of something solid that has that substance. That's the translation in the New King James. Faith is not this touchy-feeling thing or something you feel, but really it's this, this assurance. That's how the NASB translates it. In Hebrews chapter 3.14, the same Greek word is translated as confidence. So faith is like that solid confidence. Faith is that unshakable confidence. And thus, that's why that's one of, uh, part one of our definition of what faith is. But this unshakable confidence of what? Well, it, said, it goes on here. It says, of things hoped for. And what is hope for well in context right of what we've been studying in this section even from chapter 6 to chapter 10 the in context our hope is in what god has promised in his word what he has said about salvation and eternal life about jesus being our high priest about everything that comes with salvation that's what we hope in that's what we look for that's our future that's our now this is what god has done I mean, everything we think about, like forgiveness, new life, eternal life, provision for his children, protection upon God's people, us becoming like Jesus, the fruits of the Spirit, becoming a finished work, the help and care from God, the love and grace, heaven and life with Jesus. That's everything we hope for in the sense of what God has said, right? He is going to do and he is going to have for us. Like Jeremiah 29, 11 says, we have, what? A future and a hope. And remember, when the writer talks about hope, it's not like, well, I hope it happens. I hope it comes to pass. But biblical hope, as I told you before, is about the certainty now in what God says is true. In other words, it will happen. It's the truth. What he says is going to come to pass, and it will be. So, Faith is, in our first part one or A of our definition, is it's an unshakable confidence in the Word of God, in what it tells us. Now, 
I was thinking about this. Some, some people, you know, they say, you know, you just got to believe, you know. But you can't just believe in believing, right? I mean, like you may believe with all your heart and soul that you can fly as you jump out of an airplane at 10,000 feet. You can be falling and going, I believe, I believe, I believe, right? But what's going to happen? Splat, right? It's not going to happen. You got to put your faith in something like your faith in a parachute strapped to your back to bring you safely back to the ground. So understand that biblical faith is this unbreakable confidence in something and it's confidence in the word of God. That God will do what he says he will do. It is that certainty, that confidence that we have in the word of God. It's like that saying, uh, some people say, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. That's the idea. It's this unshakable confidence in the word, what he said. And we're looking at this in context, all in what we've been studying as the writer goes on. Well, closely linked to that, faith is also an unshakable conviction. Be an unshakable conviction. Not only is faith an unshakable confidence, but it's an unshakable conviction. The last part of verse 1 says, the evidence of things not seen. The word evidence means conviction. It means to have and hold a strong confidence even in what you believe. And that is of, it says, things not seen. In other words, believing in the reality of something you cannot see, you cannot touch, you cannot hear, you you cannot feel at all. This kind of faith regards something to be real that cannot be perceived with human senses. In other words, whether I see it or not, whether I feel it or not, I am convinced that it is true. And that's my conviction. You know, just because you can't see something doesn't mean it isn't there, right? We don't really see air, but it's really there. We see the effects of it, but it's really there. So genuine faith sees what is not seen and knows deep inside to be true. So faith... The second part of this definition is an unshakable conviction that, you know what? God and His things and His work and His Word is reality. G. Campbell Morgan once said, Seeing is not believing. Seeing is seeing. Believing is being confident without seeing. And that's the conviction we have in our hearts. You know, I was thinking about in 2 Kings chapter 6, um, you remember the Syrian army had, had come at night to take Elisha. When Elisha's uh, servant woke up in the morning, he saw the Syrian army had surrounded them, surrounded the city where they were living in. And he went to Elisha in a panic and cried, what are we going to do? You see the armies, they're coming to get us. You see that? Well, just to help, um, then Elijah answered him to help and said, do not fear For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. What was he talking about? Well, just to help the fearful servant, Elisha prayed, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened his eyes, the eyes of the servant, and he saw on the mountains around them, they were full of horses and chariots of fire. It was the angel army God sent there to protect and be with Elisha. 
So you understand, God's forces were sent there, and God saw with faith what the servant couldn't see. The spiritual dimension, those things not seen. And we've got to understand that. We've got to have that conviction about that, that God is working behind the scenes in those things not seen. God's plans and provisions, you know, for, for the future are those things not seen, but it's there. God moving in ways that we don't fully understand are things unseen. But faith sees that. And faith holds that deep conviction to those things that are not seen. Which leads us to the writer's point here. In this verse we find faith is the absolute certainty of God, His Word, and His work. And I'll say that again. Faith is the absolute certainty of God, His Word, and His work. That's what faith is, you guys. It's that certainty. It's not just believing and believing, but it's that certainty of God, like who He is, of His Word, what He said in it, and His work that He's doing as our sovereign, powerful, almighty God is doing. That's what faith is. That's what it means to believe. It's that certainty of God. Did you know that every day you and I, we exercise actually this kind of faith? I mean, we, we do have an absolute certainty in things that we don't have a second thought to it, like if it'll work or if it'll not work. I mean, take, take for example, the cars that we drive, right? We have faith that, faith that when we step on the gas, it's going to go. Well, mostly if you guys don't have some, you know, junk kind of boro boro kind car, right? But we have faith. You step on the gas, it's going to go. But don't we also have faith that we, when we step on the brake, it will stop. Yeah? I know you guys have faith because I see you taking off. Like you know when you step on the brake, it's going to stop. No problem, right? So we believe, we have faith. When you step on the brake, it's, it's going to faithfully stop us when we need it. So we hold to that absolute certainty that the brakes are going to work. And you know what? Even my wife hits that invisible brake on the passenger side when she thinks I don't brake too soon. Yeah, She has that faith too. She, you know, her legs are going like that. Like, okay, okay, I see it, I see it, you know, kind of thing. But that's what the writer is talking about here. That, that the faith that we are to have is a faith that doesn't think twice about God's Word, that doesn't think twice about what He's doing and in His work, that doesn't think twice about God. Faith is that absolute certainty that God is there. God's going to do what He says He's going to do, and He's going to work His work. You know, I was thinking about this in myself. If I have faith that the brake pedal on my car, right, is going to stop when I press on it, shouldn't I have that kind of faith in God, that kind of certainty, because his word is, is even more real. It's, it's reality. It's more sure than anything in this world. Breaks can fail, right? But God will never fail his word. So let us have that kind of faith, a faith that, that is t- in total trust of the Lord, that relies upon God Totally, that this faith is that absolute certainty of God, His work, and His word. That we trust it, even though we can't see these things. Did you know, I, was, I came across this, I thought this was interesting. Did you know like Hawaii, the early Polynesians came to New Zealand in canoes? The Maori were the first to set out into this 
vast ocean and eventually step on shore on the islands over there. It, it, it said, the story goes that the Polynesian explorer Kupe sailed and suddenly his wife called out when she saw a long white cloud on the horizon. And as it stayed in one place, they knew and they believed because of that cloud that land was under the cloud and they headed in that direction. And finally, when they landed, when they arrived, they actually called the place, the islands, Aotearoa, which means the land of the long white cloud. And I like that because I was thinking about, you know, we're, we're on a voyage too on this earth. We're on a voyage, say, the ocean of life, and we're, we're heading a lot of times into uncharted, you know, island and, and an unseen future. But we have the Word of God. We have, that's our like, uh, uh, it's showing us that there's God at work in our lives, that He is there. And in faith, we're paddling. In faith, we're moving forward. We're in faith with absolute certainty that God is there at His work, faithful to His word, doing what He said He's going to do. So you understand, that's the essence of faith, this certainty, an absolute certainty of God his work, and His Word. Well, let's move on here to number two, the esteem, the esteem. What is faith? The essence. And now number two, the esteemed. We go on Hebrews chapter 11, verse 2. For by it, the elders obtain a good testimony. And we'll uh, stop right there. Well, this is what we're going to look at. Now, the writer goes on to say how by faith the elders. Now, that's the men from long ago, the, the, which speaks of those in the Old Testament, the Old Testament saints, who had conquered their fears and challenges, basically, by this kind of faith. So, as he begins here in verse 2, the writer wants to remind the Jewish believers of those stories in the Old Testament that showed this kind of faith that he's talking about. Remember, as the Jewish believers are struggling under suffering and persecution, the writer wants to encourage them by bringing up these stories of the Old Testament saints that, you know, they grew up knowing and reading about. It was a reminder that even though they were being accused of leaving their Jewish way of life, they were not abandoning the Jewish heroes of faith who live with this kind of faith. These Old Testament examples are, are, are to help them keep the faith. So, he goes on here, these who live life with this kind of faith obtain a good testimony. Now, the ESV puts it this way, for by it the people of old received their commendation. In other words, God recognized these guys and commended them for their faith and their acts of faith of what they did. So, the idea here is these Old Testament guys, they were like standouts in how they lived for God in faith. And God noticed it and put their story out in recognition, commending them. So these are the esteemed. And that's our heading here for this verse in this section. They're the esteemed. They're the ones God puts forth. Says, look at these guys. Look at these guys and how they handled hard situations and how this was the evidence of the type of faith that they had. They handled the situation with an absolute certainty of God is working His Word. For example, uh, turn over to Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3 in the Old Testament. 
Um, I was thinking about this as uh, in Daniel 3, it's a story about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You remember them? And as you're turning there, remember how they refused to bow and worship to the image, you know, that Nebuchadnezzar made of himself when the music was supposed to play and a whole nation was to bow down and to worship this image and all. Well, they held to God's word that they should not bow down to any other gods, right? Any other idols. So they were brought before the king. They were accused and they were brought before the king. And the king, like, was talking to him. So is that true? Well, I'm going to give you one more chance. I'm going to have the music play and, and, you, and you'll get one more chance to bow down or else into the fiery f- furnace you'll go and be burned alive. But they refused. They stood up in faith to the king. And they were saying this. Look at Daniel chapter 3, verse 16. It says, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this manner. If that, like is our case, we get thrown into the fiery furnace, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. So they in faith were believing that God will rescue us, and even if not, we're still going to be rescued because we're going to go to be with him. Verse 17, but if not, in other words, if, if God doesn't choose to deliver us and, and, all, and, and he delivers into the next life, verse 18, but, um, uh, but let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Now, the, these guys took a stand, and I think it's an amazing stand. And I almost think that they are putting their faith in the Word of God, in Isaiah chapter 43, where verse 1 says, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. Interesting, because they are going into the flame. And then later in verse 5 in Isaiah 43, it says, Fear not. For I will be with you. I believe they held on to the word of God there. Well, we know the story here in Daniel 3. Nebuchadnezzar threw them into the fiery furnace. But when he looked in, he saw them walking around like nothing, right? The only things that were burned was the ropes. They were free. And he saw one other person who, as he described it in verse 25 here, is like the Son of God. Certainly God was right there with them. Amazing. True story. They lived out the certainty of their faith. So that's what the writer is saying here. That, that, that there's these men of old, these Old Testament saints. They lived out this kind of faith. And that's what he's going to get into as we go on next time in this chapter. Jerry Vines wrote, Faith is seeing the eternal in the now and choosing to live accordingly. And I love that. So the writer's point in verse 2 is this. This kind of faith surely brings an outward response from that inward certainty. This kind of faith surely brings an outward response from the inward certainty. Basically, They live out this kind of faith. And that's why we see such amazing things, and we're going to be seeing that in the chapter. There's someone, one of my heroes. I mean, if George Mueller 
uh, lived in the Old Old Testament times, I believe he would be amongst this list in this chapter. He is one of my heroes of faith who really has inspired many too. There was a time in his life when there was no food in the pantry in the orphanage that he ran and he had started in England. George Mueller gathered the children together and, and the staff and they're in, in the dining room where these long tables are set, empty plates, empty mugs, but there was no food in the kitchen, no food on the table, and no money in the accounts. Mueller uh, turned to a little girl and said, come, let us see what our Heavenly Father will do. Then Mueller led the whole orphanage in prayer. And he prayed, Dear Father, we thank you for what you are going to give us to eat. Amazing, huh? Well, as soon as he said, Amen, there was a knock on the door. And on opening the door, standing in front of them was a local baker. And the baker said, Mr. Mueller, I couldn't sleep last night. So at 2 a.m., I baked some fresh bread for your orphanage. Here, this is for you. And, and then all that he gave, there was enough for everyone there. And then no sooner that the baker left, there was another knock on the door. And this time, the milkman stood there. Mr. Mueller, my cart is broken down right here in front of your orphanage. Can I give you my load of milk before it spoils and I got to go get the cart fixed? Incredible, right? Incredible. God provided and Mueller in faith knew that he would. Hey, Mueller became famous of this. He started an orphanage with, with no money, and God provided it. He, he, even, he didn't even uh, broadcast any of his needs because in faith he, he wanted to see God provide for everything there. The or- orphanage eventually grew to have 2,000 children who needed food, clothing, which God provided every day. And Mueller, he showed what his inward certainty his faith by his outward response of just believing and trusting and praying and seeing those things happen well let us take that absolute certainty and respond with acts of faith i mean let me ask you today are you willing to live that kind of life are you do we really believe god and his word maybe we got to start there i do do you then we should step in a a life of faith where we believe God at His Word. Now, with that, though, some take that too far. And let me quickly talk about two delusions uh, with faith. Two delusions of faith. And, And number one, faith is not blind. Let me just put, put that out. Faith is not blind. Because see, some, some say, just go for it. Take the leap of faith, you know. But true faith is not blindly leaping into the dark, hoping God's going to work it out. No, faith is a response now to what God has said or is doing in your life. Understand that. You know, faith isn't blind like, oh, I'm going to take this blind leap and just go and, well, hopefully God will work it out. No, faith is a response to God's word. Faith is a a response to what God is doing. I mean, think about when Peter stepped out of the boat, right? He didn't just step out of the boat. He asked Jesus, can I come to you? And Jesus said, come. And then when when he got the go-ahead, Peter stepped 
out. He didn't blindly step out hoping he's going to walk on water. But when he did, following the Lord's lead, he walked on water. So faith is that deliberate response to live out what God has really called you to do and what God is asking you to do. Another delusion is, number two, faith is not a blank check. I have to say that. Faith isn't just some blank check. Now, some call this the name it and claim it way of thinking. You know, that is if you want someone, you just got to believe and it's going to happen. Claim the promises of God and God has to do that. But think about that. That approach makes God into some magic genie, yeah? some divine Santa Claus or, or a vending machine. You know, if I put the right change in and I pull the lever down, then I'm going to get what, you, what I want, right? I had a friend, they um, started at Calvary Chapel years ago in, I think it was Alabama, and um, the wife had been in a, a car accident, and unfortunately, uh, she was in a wheelchair after that the rest of her life, and they started this church, and, and, and someone came to them when, when they were doing, after service, and told her, said, you know what, you're not walking because you don't have enough faith, you know, and it's like, whoa, how could you say that? Because people think, well, Faith is like a blank check. You just demand it from God. But is that right? That we make God into our slave? Right? No, he's our master. And faith is about having a relationship with the living God. It's not so much where we demand what we want, but it's about what God wants for us. Isn't that right? Robert Law said, Prayer is a mighty instrument, not for getting man's will done in heaven, but for getting God's will done in earth understand like if we go back to Mueller understand how with Mueller he did not just take some blind leap into starting the orphanage or or feeding God called him to do the orphanage and and so Mueller didn't have to name and claim it and any of that and force God's hand God provided and Mueller knew he would because this was God's orphanage it was God's work it was what God wanted him to do And that's that certainty that he had. He had the certainty to do and God will provide in what God had given him to do. It's just like what the pioneer missionary to China, Hudson Taylor, once said. Depend on it. God's work done in God's way will never lack God's supply. He is too wise a God to frustrate his purposes for lack of funds. And he can just as easily supply them ahead of time as afterwards. And he much prefers doing so. So understand, this kind of faith with the certainty in God, his work and his word, is not, you know, something we just throw around. You know, like, oh, okay, I hope it happens. Or, God, I'm going to claim it. Or, you know, forcing his hand. No. It is in connection with him. And let me tell you, it's not just for ministry, but it's for every aspect of our lives why because god is involved in every aspect of our life so that means that you and i have god working in our life and with this kind of faith we can believe and see god do things that means we can hang on even when things don't go the way we expect i mean i don't know about you have you been disappointed with god have you had like maybe some prayers not answered, you know, and you, you ask God to do something? But let, remember, prayer is not some button we push and some lever we turn and God just does it. 
But God is moving even when we can't see it. Even when it seems our prayers aren't being answered, right? So don't get bitter with God and, and move away from God. I mean, I, I was reading this thing the other day where, where uh, this devotion was talking about sometimes we can get angry and bitter with God and we can then, you know, sh- sort of start shunning God, move away from God. And then you know what the devotional said? That's exactly where Satan wants you. Because the answer to our life, the answer to our problems, the answer to our rescue is there with God. And if Satan can poison your mind with that and get you away from God, then he has, uh, he has you where you, he wants you to be. But here's the thing. What does faith say? We have that certainty in ourselves that even in the dis- disappointments, God is still there. And we hang on even if things aren't going the way we expect. Those are the challenges, you know, what the esteem, these Old Testament saints, that's what they really face. And we're going to be going over those later in the rest of this chapter. So, the esteem, they came with this faith, this outward response because of their inward certainty. All right, let's move on here to number three, the essential, the essential. We see now, what is faith? The, the essence we're finding, the esteemed in their example, and now the essential, the essential. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. It says here, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Okay, the writer says here, By faith we understand. In other words, we grasp this truth. We, 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 we are are, are really seeing what this is saying. The truth, really, as we've read here, is the truth that God created all things. Now, notice here, it does not say that God created all things by faith. God doesn't need faith for He's the powerful agent that made all things. So it's not like, oh, I did, what does He faith in, have faith in? No, He's the one who did it. No, but the worlds, it says, for the worlds, and notice, the, the word is plural. It's talking about not, not just the earth, but the whole universe. That's really the original word. Well, they were framed, or the word framed there, it means ordered or arranged. In other words, God put it all together. He constructed it. He made it. And that included its operation, how it sustains. God created it all, time, space, and matter, everything, and how, how it works together. It was all done not by some hammer or saw, but by, here it says, the Word of God. So God spoke the universe into existence. Our earth, the whole universe, was spoken in, in, and it just came to be. Psalm 33, 6 says, By the Word of the Lord the heavens were made, and all the host of them by the breath of His mouth. You know, I, I, we find that, right? In Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, God said, let there be light. And then it says, there was light. And he went on and did the same things in the rest of creation there in Genesis chapter 1, speaking all of creation into existence by saying, let there be. And so by faith, with that certainty, what the Word of God says, we hold to this fact that God made all of creation. Then the writer says this in verse 3. This is the last thing we'll see. says that the things which are seen, 
Now that's all what's visible of creation to the naked eye. We're not made of things which are visible. And, and certainly, now understand, we can say that the world is made of molecules, atoms, and things we cannot see with the naked eye. But let me show you, the intent of the writer is really to say, God made what we see from nothing. That's what he's saying. In other words, God called the universe into existence out of nothing. From nothing into something. So understand, there's no evolutionary theory here. This is a solid statement. The fact of creation, not evolution. It's how the basic building blocks, you know, it it wasn't like evolution of how, you know, things just happen to come together and then boom, the universe began to appear, right? That there's these elements out there or, or human life. There's these cells or amoebas out there and they started forming and evolving. No way. That's not what's being said here. You know, it, it would be like the basic components of this tablet I'm holding, right? That, that uh, um, they were all floating around and all of a sudden they kind of came together and boom. Oh, and then an iPad came out. Wow, look at that. No, the idea is God brought all of creation into existence out of nothing. And that's what the writer saying. You guys, you guys know this. You, we understand this, he says here in verse 3. You Jews, we have always believed this to be. See, the idea the writer's putting forth here in verse 3 is the Jews already believed and accepted that their Old Testament scriptures, what it said about creation, right? Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so the writer's saying, look, you guys know this. And even though you weren't there when God created this universe, guess what? You guys believe, right? You guys know this. You hold to that. You didn't see God create everything. You didn't do that. You weren't there when God created this. So he's saying this, this is the kind of faith you must have during your time of adversity. You got to have that same certainty as you're going through the suffering and persecution. Just as you believe God created that and you hold to that and you stand upon that, you need to do the same. So in a sense, he's saying you already hold to the essential, the essential. That's our heading here. The basis of the kind of faith we are to have starts back in Genesis 1.1. Starts back in what you already believe in the truth about creation. This is the essential basis of what you already have, that faith. It's been said that the most important verse in the Bible is Genesis 1.1. For if you can believe Genesis 1.1, you won't have any problems with the rest of the Bible. That makes sense, doesn't it? If you believe God truly did create this world, Genesis 1, you believe the word, word, then you know it. You can believe the rest of the Bible. You can believe the prophecies of Jesus. You can believe that Jesus did come in the New Testament. You can believe that Jesus said these words. You can believe that salvation is found through Jesus Christ, through the cross, and believing in Him and what it says in the Word. You can believe His promises that God will, will save you, forgive you, make you a new creation, take care of you, grow you, be there with you, and, and in the end, He'll complete that work in you, no matter what you go through. You can believe that when we die, we're going to be in heaven. You can believe 
believe that Jesus will return, and I believe he'll be soon. You can believe that. Why? Because we believe God created everything. Do you understand why, why the enemy attacks creation with evolution? Because if you believe in evolution, then, well, then maybe there's no God that we need to be accountable to. But if you believe Genesis 1-1, you can believe everything that God says. So our last point is this. If you believe God in what you never saw Him do in creation, then believe God when you can't see or understand what's going on now. If you believe God in what you never saw Him do in creation, then believe God when you can't see or understand what's going on now. That's His point. Hey, you guys, we understand. We believe. Yeah, God created. Then you know what? We can believe Him for now. We can have that faith, that certainty for what's going on right now. Years ago, the captain of a large ship set sail with his family from Liverpool, England. His destination was New York. One night when everyone was was asleep, a sudden storm came and the wind came, swooping water over the deck. It hit the vessel, the waves hit the vessel, almost capsizing it. Every, uh, everything movable was sent tumbling, crashing, and the passengers uh, who woke up to all this were just in fear that they were in danger. Everyone was alarmed, and um, everyone sprang up from their cabins and, and began to get dressed and all. And the, the captain, though, his little daughter, the captain's daughter, just eight years old, awoke and cried with fear, like, what, what's going on? What's the matter? What's everyone doing? And they told her about the storm. And, um, and then she asked, is my father on deck? And assured that he was, the, the little one dropped back into her pillow without any fear in spite of the wind and the crashing waves, and she went back asleep. She knew her dad, the captain, was still on deck, still, you know, taking care of things, and that was okay enough for her. So she went to sleep. Well, that's what the writer is saying to the Jews who are facing the trials, the adversity, the suffering, the persecution, how they're treated badly, how, how, how they're being shunned, how, how they're being uh, uh, spoken, you know, critically to. said, hey, if you believe God created everything, you know what? No worries. God is still in control even in that. The sovereign Lord who created all things whom, whom they believe in is still there and just as strong as you believe god created all things then stay strong in believing that god will take care of you and get you through what you're going through now that's what he's putting forth here to the writers and that's what god is saying to us do you believe god's word do you do you believe in genesis 1 1 that god did create the heavens and the earth that he is the creator I do. Do you? If you're a believer and you believe what God said to be true in Genesis 1 about creation, if it, then you're, you need to be assured of the fact. Yeah? You need to be assured that, that God will get you through any adversity, anything you're facing today. You know, I wasn't there when God created the world, were you? I wasn't. I didn't see it with my own eyes, but with eyes of faith, I know for certain that God did create all things. And that calls on me to believe with certainty that God is with me, that God will take care of me, that God's going to get me through these trials. Remember I talked about last time, or I think it was, that, that 
some, you know, we wish God would take away things sometimes, and sometimes he does, but sometimes we have to, we've we got to go through the trials. And he has a purpose and plan on all of that. But isn't that where faith really operates, right? When things are going good, yeah, yeah, I got faith. When it goes bad, then you're tested. What kind of faith do you really have? Someone said, faith sees the invisible, believes the incredible, receives the uh, impossible. I like that. See, faith operates in the realm of impossibilities. Faith is alive when, when, when we don't know why or what God is doing. But we know He's there. Faith is the strongest when it expects that incredible. This is the kind of faith you and I are to have. Do you have that faith? I want to have that faith. Do you believe God can do miracles? I do. Do you believe that God has a plan for every person? I do. Do you believe that even in trials, He has a purpose in it? I do. Do you believe that God is holy and righteous? I do. Do you believe that God is sovereign and powerful? I do. Do you believe that God has all wisdom? I do. Then do you believe that God loves you and cares for you? So in His love and care for you, He knows the best thing for you. He knows what you need. He knows what, what to order things in, in your life to help you grow and become the men, men and women of God He wants you to be. Do you believe that? Do you believe because He's holy and righteous that He can do no wrong to you? I do. I believe in His attributes and I believe in His love. So even though it doesn't make sense to me, even though it seems like God is after me, or, or, or maybe I, I did something wrong, but I believe in His love and forgiveness too. You know what? I have to hold on in faith in what I don't see, but with certainty know what the Word of God tells me. Yeah? And lean heavily upon that. That's that certainty. That's faith. One of my favorite stories on faith is from the time of John Patton. He was a missionary uh, to the South Sea Island of New Hebrides. Today it's Vanuatu. Uh, he was there witnessing. There was, there was cannibals there. And they were beginning to come to the Lord and all. And, and, and he also began to translate uh, the New Testament into their language so they would have the Word of God to read. He was translating the book of John into their language, but he had a hard time finding the right word for believe. One day uh, while he was in his hut translating, a, a local native came running up the stairs into Patton's study and just flopped into a chair, exhausted after a long jungle hunting uh, time that he had. Uh, he said to Patton when he flopped in the chair, he said, in his language, something like, it is so good to stretch myself out and rest my whole weight on this chair. Well, the light went on for John Patton. He had his word. Faith is resting your whole weight on God. And that, in their language, that went into the New Testament translation that helped bring many on that island to Jesus Christ. I love that. Believing is putting your whole weight on God. You see, if God said it, then it's true, and then we believe it. And so you understand that's that certainty. It's a settled certainty. Flopping your whole weight into the chair. I mean, when you guys walked in here, did you look at your chair and like, is it going to hold me? You know, are you shaking it? Did you like flip it upside down? 
you know, did you, did you check your chair out before you came? No, you just came and you went, and you sat down. You know, some of you are more, you know, uh, ladylike and just sit down. Some of you just go, right? You just sit there. That's the idea. That's what faith is. And when you have that faith, that settled certainty, absolute certainty, you will see some amazing things happen in your life. Guaranteed. We're going to be seeing that as we move forward. Now, I'm excited about this chapter. I want to close with um, my ultimate favorite quote from Augustine. He was an early church father, early church leader. Early church fathers are the leaders after the apostles passed away. Augustine said this, Faith is to believe what you do not see, and the reward of this faith is to see what you believe. Well, we'll continue on next time with some inspiring examples of this kind of faith. But for now, I hope you know now what is faith. Let's pray. God, we bow and worship to you right now. And you are without a doubt the creator of the universe. And, and even though we can't see or we weren't there when you created everything, God, we know you did because your word says so. We can see the evidence of it all around, the intricacies of your creation, how, how the planets move, uh, the, the stars, the sun, even in your creation on this earth and the earth spinning and, and the plants and the animals, even us, our own bodies, how intricately it's been designed and it's been made with a purpose, with a plan. God, you are truly our creator. And we know, God, that, that you are the one who loves us. And it does so much for us, even when we cannot see. We cannot see the angels around us. We cannot see the spiritual battles that are going on in the heavenlies. We cannot, we cannot see, Lord, the, the, the behind-the-scenes things that you are doing. Even, even your sovereign working, Lord, as you orchestrate things in this world, in nations, and in people, and in our individual lives. But, Lord, in faith we believe in you. And so, God, we come to you in faith to pray, to worship, to seek you in your word. And God, help us, Lord, to have that certainty in our faith, the absolute solid confidence, the the unshakable conviction that you are real, that you are God. And no matter what we see with our eyes or feel with our feelings, Lord, no matter how it comes against what we see in your word, that we will not falter and when we will do everything we can to grip with faith your truth of who you are. Lord, it's hard when disappointment falls. It's hard when adversity comes. It's so hard. It's hard when things don't work out as expected. But Lord, we want to believe in you and because you are a great and awesome God. And, and no matter what, no matter how we feel, no matter what's going on in our lives, no matter how we see things, Lord, we can always worship you as our holy, awesome, great God. So help us, Lord, to trust in your wisdom, to trust, Lord, in your plan, to trust that you can do us no wrong, to trust that you love us more than we can ever imagine. God, we know this. Help us to live this now and help us to embrace with all of our heart, soul, and mind our faith 
in who you are and what you say in your word. In Jesus' name, amen.